0: Hold on to your butts. Hello, and welcome to episode 23 of the Reviewed Movie Podcast. I am Ivan Kander, and as always, I am joined by my two co-hosts, Dave Glanz and Mike Morandi. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, Hello, gentlemen. gentlemen. And this is the podcast where we talk about classic movies in a modern cinematic context. On today's episode, we are talking about David Cronenberg's The Fly from 1986
1: i think you're making a mistake i think you really want to talk to me
0: sorry i have three other interviews to do before this party's over
1: yeah but they're not working
2: on
0: something that'll change the world as we know it
1: they say they are
0: yeah but they're lying there is a limit even to the imagination human teleportation molecular decimation breakdown and reformation is inherently purging (laughs) Where our greatest creations meet our deepest fears something went wrong seth when you went through something went wrong you are about to go beyond that limit
1: those weird hairs that were growing out of your back i had them analyzed but
0: they were definitely not human if you saw how scared and angry and desperate
2: he— is. I'm sure Typhoid Mary was a very nice person too. When you saw her socially. No. You're afraid to be destroyed and recreated, aren't
1: you? You're changing, Seth. Everything about you is changing. Oh
0: no! What's happening to
1: me? Am I dying? I can't say. It. Body safety. That's Cronenberg. 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 Yeah, that's a pretty easy one.
0: Um, Especially with the Berg part. Uh, yeah. And uh, this was a uh, Dave choice in honor of Halloween. It's a good uh, creature feature for an honor of Halloween. Dave's um, a good creature feature. It's a remake of a 1950s film, I believe. Yes. Um, uh, remade and. Um, a good one to talk about as we approach uh, Halloween, which is this week. I do want to remind people you can find us on the internet at reviewedpodcast.com at facebook.com That's the most distracting noise ever. Yeah. <laughs> we're all taking turns <laughs> urinating here. It's just it's, not pouring along drink. with, uh, hello
1: gentlemen, this is the new thing. If I were to repeat <laughs> every week. Oh god,
0: Foley effects. Uh, facebook.com slash reviewedpodcast and you can email us at contact at reviewedpodcast.com So that's how you dot can get... Com. Dot, com. And dot com? Dot com? And, that, <laughs> and this is a very interesting film, uh, mainly because I'm not a huge... Cronenberg guy who is well actually a lot of people are (laughs) (laughs) Um, a lot of really actually but and this is a a film that I've actually uh, never seen of his and it's one of uh, his earliest early films and one that kind of one of his uh, early works that really launched him as an auteur-type filmmaker, I feel like. Mo- I'm
1: pretty sure it's still his, mo- his most uh, profitable.
0: Is it his movie? most profitable I, I think, film? I think, I um, think. I know it w- uh, was a b- big box office success, and mm-hmm. it uh, was also early in the career of Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum mm-hmm. when they were rising to become big stars. And the plot of the movie is quite simple. A scientist through a um, scientific mishap mm-hmm. or an experimental mishap. Well, he's,
2: he's developing a teleportation uh, technology, and it's, he accidentally teleports himself along with a fly in the chamber and ends up splicing am, him and the fly together at a genetic level, and right. they become one being. Yes. And so, it's a slow transformation from human to fly.
0: That's pretty nice. good. Yeah, uh, whatever. Well, or Mine would have been better, but it's fine. It might have been. Well, well, might might have been. What, what were, were you going to say? It doesn't matter. No. <laughs> um, and that is the general plot of this movie. Um, We'll get back to what I think in a second. Uh, I'm going to start <laughs> with Mike first. Mike, you've ne- uh, how familiar are you with Cronenberg's work, and um, uh, what do you think about The Fly? The Fly. Well,
2: um, back in the day, I remember my dad telling me first about The Fly, and he was like, oh yeah, it's a movie about Jeff Goldblum, and he basically turns into a fly slowly, and it's like parts of his body are falling off, and he's sticking them in jars, and if you look really, really closely, you could see a jar with his penis. <laughs> and that stuck in my head pretty I mean for for obvious reasons that was in, that should be know, the plot synopsis yeah. of the movie that is pretty much yeah I mean I think if you look at the back of the Blu-ray I think the new edition that's how they describe it but Um, so I had been familiar with it and I
1: was really looking forward to it after that description. On a penile level, you were familiar with it. I knew it in the biblical sense. sense. When (laughs) Mike
0: found out there were penises in jars, he was all like, (laughs) sign me up. This is my life here. I don't know.
2: So, um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that was really my only familiarity. And I think actually also from, I think Ninja Turtles had a character that was very similar, uh, there was there the is. cartoon yes. Baxter. There is. There is a, um, there's the a there's a villain
0: in the Ninja Turtles yeah, that is a fly scientist.
2: Yeah, I think it's the same fly. I think he tries to teleport himself or does something where his experiments go wrong. Oh, he fuses with a fly. I, I this, would never It's Baxter this. something or it's Doc <laughs> something Baxter. I don't, <laughs> it's, it's not Brundle?
1: At all. It's no, not Brundle. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. That's an awesome name, by the way. <laughs> it, Brundle. it is. Brundle. Uh, so, what do you so, think, Mike? So I'll keep going. So...
2: That, yeah, going and then of course we were talking last week about how gory it was and you know, Cronenberg's. You know, I didn't realize it was a Cronenberg film. I didn't yeah. really and you know, so I was just like, oh, I'm not really not looking forward to this. Like, how bad is it going to be? Have you seen like, any
1: of David Cronenberg's movies? No, or,
2: not. Yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing start to finish. I've seen bits and pieces. I've, it's I know Baxter Stockman
0: is the Baxter character. Baxter Stockman. Baxter yes. Stockman. Okay.
2: Um, what is he known as? What's his his bad guy name? Like the Fly. The I, I I keep working know. <laughs> on that. I keep working on that. So, um, I. He, so, yeah, and I think, like, I think if, I say this, like, every single week. I think if it was made today with today's effects, I think it could have been so much worse. I think what kept me from really kind of getting too horrified was the fact that it was 80s makeup. And there's a lot of uh-huh. points where he looks like an 80s monster, like, you know. It could also
1: be that you're just a grown man now. And if you were watching it, A grown-ass like- <laughs> man. And, you know, if I was a kid and I saw this, forget it. This would have ruined me for, like, Ghostbusters yes. terrified me as a kid. Forget about it. like. Yeah. So this would have been
2: real bad for me as a kid. But, um, you know, I, and again, I was just kind of dry. I don't like gore. In mm-hmm. fact, like, I'm, I I prefer, I think it's a better choice to, like, you know, to opt out of showing gore than actually showing it. I think it sure. just works better. Sure. Um, and I tend to, I don't like Cronenberg for that reason. I think it's just, like, it feels hacky. It feels, like, childish. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Um that being said i think it was used well uh, in the fly and i think i, I like the movie overall i think the story i think the story was excellent mm-hmm. really i think that was like one of the aside from the fact of the uh, i think story i think the cast is good um i love jeff goldblum i think he's, he's I, fantastic in yeah. movie yeah. i'll tell you what in the beginning when he's like a fully fledged human i was mm-hmm. like eh, it's okay i guess you know he's still you know working out the kinks figuring it out uh, i think as he gets more and more insane he just really starts like does a phenomenal job. There's parts where he's sitting there like twitching his head real quick. Like, mm-hmm. great, great job. I think he's very creative in how his insanity was kind of uh, uh, portrayed. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think effects for its time were very good. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them, I think, again, you can kind of like tell. What did you think like, of the romance? Yeah. <laughs> 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 It too quick again. And, mm-hmm. I, and I think, again, this is one of those things where I think if they had just kind of showed some a passage of time, I think it kind of happens overnight. He falls in love with her. Mm-hmm. They develop a very strong relationship. And he figures out the problem with his machine too quickly. I think if we had some more time to kind of show that he was working on it for a while. And now that he's kind of understood, you know, um, you know the mysteries of the flesh, he kind of gets it more and helps him develop things better. Mm-hmm. Um a bit over. I mean, these are these are minor complaints. I think, as far as like the story and what it's trying to do, I, I liked it. I think it accomplished it. Mm-hmm. I would say,
0: Dave, I'm guessing this movie traumatized you as a child. Am I correct in saying that? <laughs> where did this movie <laughs> touch you as a baby? Uh, oh, show God. us on the doll where this movie touched you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it touched me right in the in the uh, esophagus where I would vomit. <laughs> um, it doesn't come from your esophagus. Well, did, from, did you actually watch this movie as a kid? Uh, well, define kid. I mean, I was probably teenager. Probably, well, let's see. In well, 1986, I was 13. So I probably saw it on HBO shortly thereafter. I, or no, I'm sorry. 1986, I was 10 years old. What am I talking
0: about? I was going to say, I don't think you're that old. Uh, whatever. Okay. Like sorry.
1: Like I said, it's been a long day. Um, yeah. So I probably just saw it on HBO when I was like 12, I'm, I'm guessing, or 13. And, and, you know, you don't pay – I wasn't at the age where I really knew whether it was a good movie or not. I just knew that it was a gross movie because, you, you know, in. there's it's, – it's a movie about um, – uh, it's it's really at its core. It's a movie about death. You know, it's about it's a movie about coming to terms with with disease and death and um, transformation and mortality, uh, mortality and, and you know, that kind of stuff. Right. And so there's you know there's there are things there are things that happen in this movie that are that are highly exaggerated versions of things that would happen to you as you are getting older or dying or sick, like uh, you know teeth falling out and. Uh, ears fall <laughs> off, which don't typically happen when you get sick, but things do happen. I mean, things go wrong on, in your body, and, and that, that's usually a thing that happens more gradually and subtle, and more you know, more subtlety. Um, but I think that's what really interested David Cronenberg in this movie, and it's not the kind of thing that you really understand when you're 12 or 13. But as an adult, you know, you can see it as a much more interesting uh, thing, especially if you uh, watch this movie, which which uh, I have never seen the original. Fly movie with uh, Vincent Price from the 50s. So I decided I'd go back and, and visit that one. It was on Netflix streaming. It's still there if anybody wants to see it and compare it to this one. And then in addition to that, uh, the sequel to this modern remake, the Fly, 2. Fly Part 2 with Eric Stoltz, <laughs> the failed Marty McFly, <laughs> the failed Marty McFly, and also the successful character actor in the 90s. Um, uh, it was terrible, terrible, terrible. And had so so much of the the it was like a had a little bit of the taste of, of this Cronenberg version, but just none of the was it was it a remake or was it none of the drama or, or wit. Uh, it was a sequel that came out. So in he, nice what he find he mind. find the finds the pods, and he's uh, like, what? Yeah. So, so I mean, spoiler alert for the, this version sure. of The Fly, but obviously, uh, you know, uh, Brundle, Seth Brundle, played by Jeff Goldblum, dies. He, he's shot by Gina Davis at the end. He's Put Out Mercy of misery, kill. yeah, right. And um, and then in the sequel, it's that character played by a different actress than other than Gina Davis having the baby, and the baby is a cocoon, and then as a human, and then it's, it, it, I don't know, in five years, it's an adult, and and then it, you know, it becomes a monster again. It's just it's silliness, it's stupid, uh. but uh, this movie. Uh, visually was you know just very disturbing as a kid, but but now watching it, it's more. I actually find it more of an emotional uh, experience because hmm, uh, yeah. uh, of his performance, both performances. Gina Davis is also pretty pretty good in this movie, and um, you know, I, I I could connect pretty easily with the romance and the whole idea of um, you know of a. It didn't it didn't seem too rushed to me? It's a tight movie. It's a short movie. It's like it's right, it's, it's yeah. almost almost ninety minutes, and you know. <laughs> Nothing more, und- you know. It's it's just mm. uh, you know. There's nothing really wasted in this movie. It's a very simple, intimate uh, kind of love triangle, really, with, with Gina Davis, Jeff mm. Goldblum, and, and and their and Gina Davis's former uh, you know boyfriend, uh, played by John Getz, and uh, who was in the movie Blood Simple, which was the Coen Brothers' uh, first movie previously to, it was 1985 he's also in curly sue was he in curly sue Continue. okay all right if you looked it up he plays but, the
0: same character in curly sue as uh, really a jerk with a beard jerk with a beard. There's be- a lot of jerk. no he doesn't have a beard but he's a jerk it's okay. the same jerk character yeah. <laughs> he's
1: good at it yeah that's but that, his niche there were, the, the things that really stuck out when i was a kid in this movie were, the, were definitely the the climax of this movie were you know the, the fly jeff goldblum finally loses his jaw and he, the the fly parts come out of his body and he barfs on uh, john gets his hand and yeah you know he's gonna yeah. about to barf on his face with the fly juice and oh my god yeah just yeah. was so disturbing and um uh, most of those effects i think you know in addition to it also being a little more emotional at the end gina davis is very convincing and and you know at the end where she has to you know blow his blow his head off and you can get really caught up in the gore of that moment but it's uh you know, it's it's also kind I mean, of an a, emotional thing.
2: I, I think that in moment the, is is less because at that point he's just this monster. It's just yeah. it's something really. I, I think it, human gore is what bothers me the most. So yeah. the fact that it's not a human being, seeing that it, it was less less horrific, I think at right. that point. Though it is just very bloody in general, and that whole end sequence, the last last ten minutes are just like.
1: Oh, and I gotta man. say, when you said that, if it was made today, you know, it might not. I mean, I I, I guess I agree with you when you when you, when you say that because. The effects feel very tactile to me, you know, watching do. them now. Like the, all the makeup right. and everything. I mean, you know it's makeup, but it's also very gross, you know, in, at it's the same gross, time. It's
2: gross, right. It's gross in a different way. I think it's gross in the sense of like you can tell it's fake, but it still mm. feels like very physical and like it's a right. tactile real. I think now if they use CG, it would look much more accurate. Right. And like more, probably more horrific, more disturbing,
1: but it, you might not have that same feel. It would, be, it would look CG in a way, you know. Right. It's a you know it's so as like a as a monster movie as a as a as a romance a tragic kind of I don't know what do you operatic a monster. I think, romance. I think this movie was actually made into an opera like in like a few years ago. David Cronenberg. I don't know oh, how I successful it was. Well, I can see that. It, it was made into like some kind a Broadway of Broadway show. A, a, like, some, yeah. I don't know on Broadway, but I mean yeah. it was you a lot know, of
0: singing and dancing. I can see that.
1: Just you know you can imagine uh, yeah not singing and dancing but anyway so. You know, you didn't ask well, me why you and So I, I think this movie holds up really well. I think, I mean, I think it's a really, uh, you know, to most people, uh, it would be scary. And 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 if, if you're if you're not scared by this kind of movie, the very least it has some interesting things to say about, um, uh, about you know, the human condition. Because you were saying, does it have anything to say about the human condition? I think it has a lot to say. Yeah, I would agree with you now. In retrospect, I would yeah. See. And I, I think it's one of those movies that when you're seeing it, it may not. If it's not disturbing,
2: then the concepts are disturbing. Like if you think about like. I wasn't too horrified seeing him pull his nails off, which I think I thought I would have, but mm-hmm. because I think, again, it wasn't thinking about it later was anything more disturbing than actually seeing it on the screen for it potentially. I don't know if that's common or whatever. Ivan, yeah. take it away. Yeah. What do you think?
0: Well, I was very scared to watch this movie. Yeah. You made me scared <laughs> to watch the movie, you jerk. I was really like, I was putting this off. It was like a procrastination thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I really did not want to watch this. Um, Alcohol but- or no? No alcohol. I think that made my stomach Were sick? sicker. Were you sick? I <laughs> uh, I was feeling better at this point. Uh-huh. I've been sick this past week. Mm-hmm. Like you guys, give a crap. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, um, I
2: care. I care.
0: Let me say, Dave. Mm-hmm. Thank you for making me watch the movie. It's really good. Yeah. it's really good. Mm-hmm. And it, it maybe I think it's cr- of all the things I've seen by Cronenberg, it's by far his best, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, what
1: else have you seen that you
0: History of Violence? You didn't like it. History of Violence is fine. I don't.
1: I really like a History of Violence. I
0: have a, I have issues with that movie because that movie is. That's Vigo Mortensen. Right? Yep. Yeah. I, I don't want to get in a diatribe about that movie because I don't think it's as deep as, as it's proclaiming to be, and I think what it's doing with sex in that movie is is disturbing in a way um, where the movie becomes not entertaining and it becomes kind of like, what is he trying to accomplish with this? And I, I have I had trouble I've trouble parsing that movie out. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Eastern Promises. I believe that was him mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Also um, Vigo Mortensen, right? Yep. Um, yeah. I've never actually seen Videodrome. Uh, mm-hmm. His movie Existence is a movie actually I like. Quite a bit, just because um, of the ideas present mm-hmm. inside a movie, like *Existence*. I've never seen *Crash*, which is the Cronenberg uh, oh, yeah. movie that. Is, oh, that's that him! No, 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 not not the no, one. Not the one that, that one. Okay, not is the movie about
1: people who have sex and car crashes. They get in car crashes
0: and it turns them on. That's what the movie's about. Freaking <laughs> Cronenberg,
1: <laughs> Cronenberg, man. Cronenberg like, that's man. That's And then he also about. did a movie with Jeremy Irons called *Dead Ringers*. That was actually, oh, I've, actually very good. N- I've never seen
0: that um, about
1: um, red dingers. Uh, about. Uh, Doctors, uh, they're twin doctors and they're gynecologists. Oh, yeah,
0: um, I'm sure that would I, I, <laughs> that might be one to watch on the podcast because mm. um, I've never actually seen that uh, or watched uh, for the podcast. <laughs> movies about gynecologists, anyway, uh, you know, Mike said been getting, saying. Getting back to the fly, <laughs> the fly does a lot of things very well. One of them being, um, it's like you mentioned, Dave. It's a really tight movie, mm-hmm. and I admire the hell out of that. Like, there's not that many locations, the character, the cast. This small... Even the
1: first shot is just like it's right in the middle of a conversation. Yeah, it just,
0: it just focuses on what it needs to do. And so many movies... I have this criticism about so many movies, but so many movies feel so long. Um, and this movie doesn't. It feels mm-hmm. like it every... Scene is earned and it, has, it drives the plot forward, and uh, you ca- um, you actually care about the characters. Mm-hmm. And um, you, it's it's a very schlocky premise when you think about it. Yeah, it's a monster movie about yeah. a guy who's turning into a fly, which is so B movie nineteen fifties. Yeah, it's based on a nineteen fifties right. film. Um But man, I really cared about uh, Seth Brundle in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I thought the uh, it was engaged throughout. I thought the, uh, and then there was this morbid fascination of watching a man turn into a fly which is both disturbing but you can't kind of look away Mm -hmm. at the same time um so i i um i really like this movie in fact of all the movies i've never seen before for this podcast i think this is my favorite Mm -hmm. that i've been introduced to Mm -hmm. um i feel like i've been missing out on something Mm -hmm. and um this is a great movie for this podcast because it so encapsulates a filmmaking time period in a way that can never be created as you said Mm -hmm. like there is, this movie exists in 1986, and if you make it at any other time, you make it now, you, it just doesn't work in the same way. Right. And uh, I think that's uh, one of the be- uh, beautiful things about you know watching old movies is realizing that certain the stars have to align in a certain way for um, certain movies to just work. And this hit at the right time with the right director and the right cast mm-hmm. um, and the right makeup team and artist team to create this really engaging... Um, monster movie that has a, a heart at the mm. at its core. I didn't love everything about the movie. I have a few criticisms. I think Gina Davis's character is portrayed as a moron. Like her character is <laughs> I dumb. I don't think so. I, no, think I don't dumb. think so. I don't think dumb is. She's supposed to be a journalist. She is the dumbest journalist I have ever seen. I think seen. she's
2: a journalist who's falling in love with somebody, which I think you give her some slack. I think that's what Okay, so like, what so
1: what do you, so what did she do that you think is
2: dumb? That's,
0: so, he teleports. He's explaining teleportation, which is essentially a very simple concept to explain to somebody like something appears here and it's now over there she's like i just don't i don't get it and i'm like no lady it's teleportation let's move on like i feel huh. like her like i feel like they i don't know i feel like her character I didn't remember her weird.
1: acting so confused i thought
2: she was just act- being flirtatious. but I, well, I think in the beginning she well, she sees the sock and other things and she's like okay i get it you just have my sock you switched it or you have another pin. right she takes off I her i think she's being it. skeptical understandably skeptical that
0: I don't know. I just feel like for being a journalist, she doesn't ask the right questions that I feel like someone who is, who, who, and my favorite thing is there's this magazine cartoon. Called Particle Magazine, which must have a subscriber base of like twelve people. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> is, that the, is, is that the actual name of the magazine? They, they, yeah, that's the one uh, she yeah, writes Particle. for. She, she is she's writes Remember. for the, the and Particle Magazine is this big high powered publication. Uh, yeah. Well, they don't
1: get into really. That's one thing that the plot doesn't do that well is to create a world beyond these three characters. So no, not at all. It, it's like it's like just the but editor's office. You know, the whole yeah, magazine. it, it like, didn't really need to. I felt like I know, it, I know. But, yeah, I like the fact that
2: they kind of just focused in on one. And my other
0: issue is the character of Stannis, who's the third person this love triangle. It's Gina Davis's character's former lover. Mm-hmm. It's um, He is such a jerk. Like, such an no. incredible... No, no, he is such an incredible jerk. There is no is, believable but, way that she would ever, A, have been interested in him, and B, why would she keep coming to this man who's a terrible okay. person for I, help?
1: I think if you were to watch it again, you would see he does... That actor does inject, actually, a lot, a little humanity into this character. I, 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 mean, I agree he, with you. Yeah, I yeah. think he, he's a jerk when he, like, just shows up at
2: her house and takes mm-hmm. a shower. Like, yeah, I get it. But I, to be honest, I could see how someone like her, especially getting hired on, I could see how that would have happened in the first place and I see why it ended. So
0: why does she keep then, coming to him for help? Though? I'm going to go to because, this Well, because asshole. I think
2: probably because he mo- her, they her did most, have some kind of a... It's probably been a recent breakup, I guess, the most... That's what I, yeah, that's time. how I felt about it too. And actually, to be honest, I, didn't, I thought he was a jerk, but I thought he was... I mean, at the you know, he kind of goes in there and risks his life to save her against right. this giant monster guy who vom- loses his <laughs> hand and foot in the process. Like, yeah. oh, but- I actually was surprised that he ended up becoming one of the heroes in a sense at right. the end of the movie, right. you know.
0: Well, yeah. th- that's an, that's an interesting question the movie has because, I mean, I, I guess the assumption is that the fly is mm-hmm. Seth Brundle is mm-hmm. the protagonist of this film, but he's yeah. also the villain of it. Mm-hmm. Right. He's also the right. major villain of the film. Right. So um, usually in movies like this, a character like Stannis is the ultimate villain, and someone like Seth Brundle is is cured at the end, mm-hmm. and there's this you know.
1: Well, the villain um, is really isn't really. I mean, it's like, what's the word? Hubris or or ego or...
0: Inevitability? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I feel
1: like, I agree with you. And I think maybe today the movie would have been
2: something like Seth would have seen like the potential for it and he would have become the full fly and Jeff would have had to use his like half he, fly body to ex, fend him off ex, and then he yeah, gets cured. Exactly.
0: Like, Stannis would have had yeah. to, if this movie was made today, Seth Brundle and Stannis would both be fly men fighting each other in a climax <laughs> above New York City. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the end yeah, of this movie. Fly, yes. fly men. It would, it would, that would be the uh, huge um, portion of this movie. And no, the, the, the I, climax I, is, is it, and it's, it, it's, it's- It's a
1: cautionary tale. It's, it's, it's t-
0: shockingly small. Yeah. Um,
1: right. It's, just, it's basically just three characters and I, I, I kind of forgot that watching it this time.
0: Until I had watched it this time, dude. Yeah. I and mean, again, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. I'm, I apologize for jumping around, but the very end of this movie, where he puts the gun to his head, that is, it's, it, it totally it's choked me up. Sad. In a way. Yeah. It is it's sad. It's really sad because it's mm-hmm. this idea of a creature coming to terms with his own uh, mortality, which is it's really sad. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I don't quite understand the mechanics of his teleportation at the end um, because wasn't Gina Davis? In the it was pod. supposed to be something in
1: the pod. I think were they, right. they were, he was going to fuse himself together with Gina Davis. as Either one of two scenarios. I think one would be they become uh, one more more human because there's two humans and one fly, or Three. it suddenly somehow reverses the whole thing and he becomes human.
0: But like um, he, Stannis cuts the cord to one of the pods right. so right. he so just gets fused with an empty pod so he yes. gets the pod yeah. becomes part of him I guess right. it works
2: yeah I guess so so
0: if that's the case why in other transfers was the pod not recognized like if well you know those wires
2: got crossed things went
1: haywire it wasn't working the way it was supposed to <laughs> and like, I have obviously little, and I have
0: little nitpicks like when he's doing the steak experiment how does it not recognize the plate uh, as being part of the steak
1: it's just like time travel it's like you know, teleportation has yeah. too much I mean well if, can we're go that, at, if we're gonna go that if we're gonna go that direction and like what
2: did he mean by like, oh, I get it. He has to, I have to drive the machine crazy with the prospect of flesh. Boom, done. <laughs> like, I mean, there's a lot of things I ignored for the sake of the story. I think the story really more, the meat of it is, is more about like. Right. I agree. That's just, that, that's, right, an, yeah.
0: that's an annoying, that's like the, uh, the, the people that don't like movies because like, oh, that was obviously not shot in Washington, D.C. I can't right. like that movie. And I'm right. like, you just got to get over that, man. I think this movie
1: took place in, Toronto. I mean, he Cronenberg's from Toronto, so Frickin I think he's Canada, man. That's why. <laughs> so I think they. He, he was saying. I listened to the commentary for this one too, and he was he was saying most of his movies take place in can't in Toronto because that's where he know he knows where he goes to, to yeah, shoot yeah. movies in Toronto. Those so. are
0: the empty warehouses. Are. Empty
1: warehouses. Yeah, where well, there weren't a lot of like empty warehouse kind of you know. Uh, settings for the fly that I can that I can think of,
0: um, um, but barring my minor quips about the relationship, which I don't, um, or Gina Ge- Davis's character in general, mm-hmm. I, I agree that it happens a little bit quickly. But again, you, there, there's something about love that you can. A movie, I give movies benefit of the doubt because they have to move quickly with relationships. Mm-hmm. That's A, and B. Also, if you're infatuated with somebody, relationships can escalate very quickly, mm-hmm. and they can also turn very dangerous very quickly. Right.
2: You can't
1: spend the whole movie with
2: these people getting. But, to I, each I think other. just a montage of like showing time passing would have been would have been nice. Mike wanted a hand-holding <laughs> montage. I wanted a music. I wanted a music montage of oh. like Jeff, like slow Jeff Goldblum throwing things around the lab and like you know taking funny pictures. Let and- me
0: say, Jeff Goldblum in this movie is at peak Goldblum. Mm-hmm. He, I,
2: I, I just the way. I I don't, and I can't place what it is. The way he says, the way he says things, he just yeah. has a certain rhythm uh, and cadence uh, 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 to and it's the way good. he does. Even when he's on the wall and he's climbing up the wall, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Look, I can do this now." Oh. And he lifts up his shirt and there's something mm-hmm. sticking out of his back. He's like, What's this? What's mm-hmm. this? Who knows?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know exactly how he said yeah. it. It's hilarious. Yeah. He like he has this interesting mix of like uh like wit and um, it's just, like sarcasm like not not necessarily sarcasm, but just like it's uh, a very dry
2: humor, yeah. Yeah.
1: And I and I like the
2: fact and I think that is what makes him so likable because it's a certain amount of horror. He realizes what's going on, and he's got a horror about it, but at the same mm-hmm. time, he's also kind of telling jokes as a way of mm-hmm maybe coming coping with it a little bit he's making some jokes like you know the Brundle Hall of what are, natural the natural, Brundle Natural Natural History Museum of Brundle, Brundle or, something or something like that, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah his collection of body parts, parts yeah. That, yeah it may or may not contain a penis I don't yeah, have you guys seen know. it I looked I actually did look I looked yeah. actually
0: because you mentioned that and there is a phallic like thing in a there's jar there's a thing
1: and I looked at it, and my
2: dad's specifically saying he's like no, it's not
0: clear but it could be the yeah. dad seems a little infatuated with the penis yeah
1: and let's just, just say saying. it's probable that his penis is in a jar because i imagine the fly doesn't, doesn't have a human penis so it's gonna fall off anyway right just yeah. like his ear
2: it's like, yeah if an ear's falling off you can bet other extremities are falling off <laughs> <laughs> but
0: <laughs> if I were to to encapsulate my feelings about *The Fly*, it's a movie that takes one simple idea mm-hmm. and yes. just does it really well. Right, he's a it mad does,
1: scientist who becomes a monster. I, yeah, I mean, that's the way. That's you know,
0: it's a very simple yeah. movie. It's like um like a power. It's like a, a musician playing like one awesome chord. Like he knows right. how to play it really effing yeah, well, and right. it's not like it does a lot of other stuff. But you know what? I like that. So what? These are the kinds of movies,
2: this is exactly, I've said it in in podcasts past, where I say like, I like when they keep the stakes or the you know the lens very, very narrow or very small and they focus on one thing and they just do it really well. I like this, that it just focuses on this man, this woman, and this other guy and like what his, the implications of him becoming inhuman over time. Mm -hmm. And I like the fact that, I I love that he comes out of the podcast, the podcast. Oh Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) God. Comes out of the pod, telepod, (laughs) and he feels like, at first, you think it's like this miraculous thing, and he's like, "I'm a king. Everyone that steps out of there mm-hmm. becomes a king." Mm-hmm. And he's going drunk with power. He's going insane. And then just the slow, you can see like the spots appearing. And mm. I'll say this, as much as I bashed the makeup earlier, I love the early stages where it's mm-hmm. very, very subtle. It's just yeah. these little dots on his it's face. Like, it's and like and his like, face is
1: getting, he's like he's getting
2: active, active and, it, and it's a very slow, almost imperceptible mm. change. And then just at some point, he just looks awful. Right. And then you it can get, see the hairs yeah. on
1: his back, and then you see hairs on the back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like he has. There's a scene where he's like eating, uh, drinking coffee, and he's like dumping sugar. All the sugar and all it, yeah. the sugar and the coffee. And, and it's he played
2: Mania really well. I know we We said with Twelve Monkeys, Brad Pitt was like. Big for his, his yeah. kind of maniac. I think was much better. As much, more. I think that's yeah. realistic. I think someone
1: mm-hmm. actually like that would be very mm-hmm. similar to that, right? Yeah, I mean, and I like how uh, you know he he becomes uh, like overly aggressive, you know, and less less yes. less thoughtful as a uh, as because it's you know his, his mind is changing along with his body at the beginning. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And how um, he wants
2: her to do it, like well, you can't right. keep up with me. If you go through, then right. you're gonna be fine. The first mm-hmm. time she refuses, that's enough. When the right. second woman comes in and she refuses, it
1: becomes this almost like. He's ready to throw her in there against her will. Right. I mean, it becomes a little bit about almost like addiction, right? I mean, right. It's like, Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. You've got to like, oh, man, you're going to love this feeling. All right. You have yeah, to do yeah, exactly yeah. what I'm doing. You have to shoot up. Go through this. this uh, That's what the '80s were all about. Cocaine. <laughs> this cocaine. movie is really about cocaine. Uh, it, avo- it avoids a lot of. Like, the only thing that feels really dated to me is the computer interface. I mean, if you look, at, like, yeah, the, and I, the hair. Don't the, forget yeah, about the well, hair. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, the and the outfits.
0: Like, there's one scene where Ronnie, Gina Davis' Gina Davis's character is walking down the hallway, and she's wearing the most '80s outfit ever. She's I got the sweater, that. and she's got like.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it is. It takes place in '86, so I mean, yeah. Dave took place gonna, in the <laughs> '80s, so he's. I yeah, did, They're take, speaking his language. I did take place. Man,
0: I just um. <laughs> something with the image in the 80s where people are on giant uh, portable phones ordering yeah. Chinese takeout that just feels so 80s, early 90s that I love. Were so, they ordering? The, the yeah, he tries to order... Uh, does, I, I, I don't
1: pay attention. When to that she part. leaves
2: because she's upset or she uh, the guy gets the mail and he she runs yeah. out and he's got okay. the big cordless phone. He's got a
0: gigantic cordless phone. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, I, I don't know why I missed that.
2: <laughs> it may have been the same phone I, my, I had as a child or well, I didn't. My parents did. I had. remember those cordless phones. And <laughs> the reason I know this big movie bricks. is effective
0: <laughs> is yeah. my wife who falls asleep on everything. Mm-hmm. She We're was actually riveted. really she was actually really interested in this movie mm-hmm. and um, I had to take a break and uh, she never I had to finish it. And she was really upset that she didn't get to finish it. Huh. Um, so uh-huh. she was she was totally engaged with with this movie whereas past one she's like this is the most it's got thing. the
1: Rebecca upset that I didn't finish it seal over Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> on, the,
0: on the box quote it said Rebecca was upset she didn't finish. it. I <laughs> was <laughs> upset I didn't But finish she had this. other things she had to get done. Yeah. It was a busy day. Yeah. All right.
2: Like washing the dishes?
0: It? Well, that's what women do, right? Mm. <laughs>
1: oh, boy. Stupid journalists. <laughs> um,
2: oh. hey, there you go. Good, job. <laughs> Good way to recover that one, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Okay.
0: But overall, I wanted to veer into a subject uh, about something that Cronenberg is famous for, and that's body horror. He's yeah. very famous for this. Yeah. Right. And this, uh, and just the way he renders inanimate flesh mm-hmm. on camera, which is... Uh, he's. Taking things that are organic and adding puppetry to them and uh something mm-hmm. about that, the organicness of his creations makes them very disturbing right. to me. And
2: I'll say I'll say this, okay, so comment on that. I think it is I think they were actually very effective with the exception of the movement, because the movement all seemed very robotic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So like for instance the, the chimpanzee and the, the pod early on in the film where they yeah. teleport and it goes inside out, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um Baboon. I think it's a baboon. Baboon, sorry. Yeah. Uh, it's like twitching. It looks like a piece it of. It looks awesome like. Some baboon. I love that
1: baboon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, not the part where he's he, he right. turned inside out. But. Right. Yeah. Um,
2: but there's like. I mean, everything in it looks very real because it probably was. It probably. Yeah. It, it could have very easily been. It wasn't CGI because so. it really
1: wasn't CGI at this point. Yeah.
2: I don't even think it was props. It could have been something like. Like he could have put actual. Whatever.
1: So there's. So, so the scene you're but, describing is when he's trying to transport his first living thing, yeah. right? And he transports baboon from pod to pod and the thing turns inside out and he's like. Just it's like, a it's a mess of
2: biology. It yeah, just opens yeah. it up his blood and like organs and guts and this. Um but the way it moves, like mm-hmm. I looked at it, I'd seen pictures of it online, I was like, Oh god, what's a little is that? But The minute I see it moving, I was like, Okay, it looks like there's like a two jointed arm in there and it's just like bzz, 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 moving back and forth. I mean, this is me being spoiled by, you know, <laughs> the, the the fluid animation of and, and muscle and all the intricate mm-hmm. um, effects we have nowadays, but I, again that that was the visuals. If things
1: weren't moving, it would be, I think, more realistic hmm. for me. Personally. Interesting. So you think it should just have been like a steaming pile mess of nothing, whatever. Or even
2: you just have like a, like a puppeted thing where instead of having it just like the, the twitching looks robotic, the movement mm-hmm. looks robotic, which I mean, to be fair, I mean, you look at a movie like Tron, right? And you have um, uh, um, Jeff Bridges, the young Jeff Bridges playing, mm-hmm. you know, the, the neutron oh, right? About, yeah. Is like, they made him look what, like he would look when he was younger, mm-hmm. looked great until he moved. I think movement right. is always very hard. To, I think when you,
1: right. You know, organic stuff. What yeah. about the other stuff that uh, happens? Like, I mean, the the other body horror stuff. It's like makeup. Like, let's say, like the uh, even just the hairs on the back. You know, the like hairs were pretty good. You know, when she's cutting the hairs on the back and they're sticking out. I mean, that kind of the little detail, that kind of stuff. That was really good. Kind of yeah, I mean, I, I
2: think everything up until the point where I say like when Sheik walks in and he's walking around on crutches. That's where for me it got mm-hmm. more like. Oh, now he became an '80s monster. Right? Right. He like looks like the guy from Goonies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got that. You know, especially as it goes on, his mm-hmm. face gets more... You can tell that there's stuff being put on his face versus, sure. like, his face wasting away or sure. whatever. Sometimes you need a negative effects versus additive right subtractive I guess I was
1: so Sorry. what were some of the I, I just want to say one thing about the body horror thing with Cronenberg is that yeah. one thing he does I think that other directors don't do is he always kind of cuts back to the aftermath of something even if it's just for like one shot oh like, for sure like yeah. like, like there's a, the, the arm guy, wrestling, the arm, wrestling yeah. the arm wrestling that's another one that really stuck out to me as, as a oh. kid when there's the arm wrestling and it it's stuck out for me now and, mm, and instead like, of just like hearing the sound of this other like so he's in a bar and he's he's he wants to prove himself you know to this this girl that he wants to bring home so he arm wrestles this guy who's Super who's obviously anyway. would, would would kick his ass in a normal That's circumstance right. and he breaks the guy's arm, like, you know, not like through the elbow, but like it breaks the radius the, the, the like, and the ulna. And so like the bone comes through the arm and and that's not the kind of stuff I think you saw a lot of in horror movies up until this point. And it's the kind of stuff you might see now, but it's really disturbing. And instead of just like hearing the sound or showing it once, he actually cuts back to the guy again, showing the bone yeah, coming through. Like a one well, two punch for shoot hit with the surprise. Well, and the, I guess
0: my question to you is why is he—is he doing that just to shock the audience, or is there an other artistic purpose behind it?
1: I, I, because I, it, stuff, I don't know if it, it's a matter of shocking the audience. I think it's just a matter of, like, um, maybe in this movie, it's just, like, it's, it's, it's the kind of thing that he's concerned with in general. So I think maybe if it was just this movie— Maybe it would seem like a shock, but I mean, there's it, it pops up in a lot of his movies, and I'm thinking of uh, East, ah. uh, I'm thinking of a history of violence. There's that scene where Vigo Morton, Have you seen? No, history you that make a promise. There's well, there's one scene where at the beginning of the movie, where there's two people uh, try to rob this coffee shop that he owns. Viggo Mortz owns smashes one guy with a coffee pot. So you know, if you were to watch an unedited version, I mean, the edited like for TV version of that that movie. He would just smash the coffee pot against the guy's face. He would fall down, and he would show Viggo Morris and shooting a gun. Well, instead, in the actual, you know, they cut back the actual version, they cut back to the guy's face with like pieces of his jaw missing and stuff, and like something you know, what would actually happen, you know, like you, yeah, you know, yeah. like if, if if you were to go to a crime scene and immediately after it happened, you would see this guy on the floor with his face blown off. Yeah. You wouldn't just see like like a little whatever.
2: Yeah, and I, see this this is the thing. Like I, I
1: so I, I think I have, it's just some, there's something he finds about he, he, finds this fascinating. And he's, I'll say this, this about, how he about, about gore and, that and
2: showing that kind of stuff. It has, two, it has a two-fold effect for me. On one hand, when, it's, when I feel like it's being done to glorify or fetishize gore and mm-hmm. make it like, oh, check it out. Isn't that awesome? Mm-hmm. His head got blown up. Mm-hmm. I hate that. And that, mm-hmm. that makes me angry at a very fundamental level. Hate it. Mm-hmm. If it's, in fact, to show you the realistic ramifications so that it's not just like, yeah, he just blew that guy out of there. Nice. Shot mm-hmm. him up. But mm-hmm. to actually show you like, look, yeah, it's awesome. Look at that. Is that awesome? Like mm-hmm. to make a point that like it's human life that just became, you know, I think think it's a little of
1: both, but it leans more in this direction that you're the second one you're saying. yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't know, but I feel like I. I I think more likely than not, it probably saw the first one of like, yeah, cool man. Just I don't know. Uh,
0: here, well, I think it depends on the audience. I, mm-hmm. I think a lot of that. I, I think that if you're a 15 year old kid who's trying to impress your buddies by being mm-hmm. like super cool, like right. you're going to be like, look at that man, yeah. he just, took <laughs> yeah. his arm you got to
1: see this movie. That man, there's this scene where the guy's arm comes through his you know part of the but arm yeah, and the bone yeah. sticks out and
0: uh, to give Cronenberg some credit and to your your second you know take on that, I think that. Um, I think that we view violence in movies as this very throwaway thing where and and he's forcing the viewer to wrestle with Mm -hmm. it in a sense that Mm -hmm. um, like I mean the idea of the idea that slasher movies are popular because people like watching people get cut up. Like is kind of inherently disturbing to me yeah. in mm-hmm. a huge yep. way. And if Cronenbergs were to make a slasher movie, he would show you how gory and disgusting that actually is and why you shouldn't feel so good for thinking it's awesome to watch people And that's die what I'm saying. If, if that
2: is, in fact, his motivation, then I'm kind of on board with it because I feel like I, I've had enough of desensitization to things where people are getting blown. There's a body count going through the ceiling and everyone's kind of just like, all right. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think having some kind of gravitas where you're looking at something, you see like, okay.
0: And again, keeping things small one person dies in this movie yeah one yeah, yeah. and it's it, yeah and, and yeah. you think uh, but you look at all millions of other horror or action movies nowadays thousands of people yeah die. right right uh, yeah, it's, it's nothing and it means nothing to um, anyone and so if, if and it, it's a great point to show that you don't have to uh by focusing on again keeping things small and making people care about things you can make because that one death, the one death in the fly, Seth Brundle's death, is so affecting, and yeah. uh, uh, um, that it makes it would it would cheapen it to have other people dying. Like if Seth Brundle went on a rampage and just started killing people right. throughout the the city of Toronto right. or whatever, right. that would be it would cheapen right. the effect of the, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it would also make you care less about him as a character. Right. So, and, and
2: speaking of caring about him as a character, one thing I kind of regretted, um, and in a way, I'm glad he didn't do. It because it's, it made it easier for me to cope with. Um, I thought that once his final transformation happens, basically, like, like his you know his his insect face is exposed, right? Mm-hmm. It's so far away from being him that it's I don't longer feel like it's him. I just feel like it's this monster. Mm-hmm. I thought it might have it would have been more effective if in some way, the fly looked like him. Mm-hmm. Like, they had the similar features
1: in the face. So as you're looking at the fly, it's a fly, but it also mm-hmm. looks like him, which I think would be more effective to them being spliced together. I can't remember if this was actually, I think I remember on the commentary, him saying that the eye, they actually did try with the eyes. With too. the
2: eyes, because he does have kind of very big eyes that are yeah. spread apart, right? Mm-hmm.
1: But I think like having
2: even like a nose, even though flies don't have a nose, have a nose in there. Something to Maybe make it a, little maybe bit a more mullet cute. or something. Having a that really, <laughs> that beautiful flowing <laughs> mullet, if that
1: just stayed intact the whole time, I think that would have been perfect. Everything changes except for the air. Except Wait, for the hair. No
0: one stands shirtless like Jeff Bezos. <laughs> no yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like, hard to
1: be able to play nerdy scientist and like athlete, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, and
0: that, yeah. But like, uh, Man, he doesn't. He does he it picks
2: up a woman and runs up the stairs with her, and I'm like, "That's not a body double. That's him doing that." Some of it was a
1: stuntman, man. Yeah.
2: Well, some it of it. Yeah. Some did, of it, but yeah. there is something like some parts. Clearly, I'm sure some when, of it was him. Yeah. When he's doing the, the gymnastics, gymnastics mm-hmm. it's probably him. No, it's probably obviously <laughs> he, he a would body do.
1: Double. He would do the beginning and ending of, of moves, but
2: right, no, right, the, right. Stuff. But when he picks her up and like runs up the stairs, like that was they, what they did that one cut. They didn't cut away, and I was like, oh, all yeah. right, Jeff Goldblum, way to." <laughs> way to do that! Way, way to, to be up. strong. Yeah. <laughs> <His> <laughs> natural, way to have muscles. His
0: natural state is shirtless. Let me tell you, because in Jurassic Park they cut away to him without a shirt for no reason. It's I don't know. He has like the open the open <laughs>
2: collar. And he's like leaning back. All <laughs> I
1: think one thing they did really well in terms of making you care for Jeff Bolt, the Seth Brundle, uh, the character at, at the beginning was to take just little details and kind of drop them in there. Like say, for instance, when they when um, they walk into his his he lives and works. You know, he lives where he works, right? He doesn't have yeah. an office. I mean, it's just, it. You know, so that's one thing to me that I could kind of latch on to. I'm like, oh, he loves his work so much that he he has to live there, right? He he loves what he does, and then also just a little detail like he starts playing piano, which is something Jeff Goldblum. Is already, he's, he's, do, he's like, yeah. we're known. He, he's, he's known for being a good pianist. I think he's, he does it in other movies, and I've seen him on talk shows, like the same way Dudley Moore. The, the uh, I don't know if you guys know who Dudley Moore is. Yeah. There, there are some actors who actually have some natural talent where they can, yeah, you yeah. know, they just say, you know, you know, <laughs> well, believe no, it or not, actors, there are some actors some who have actors. some kind of value. I meant, you know, aside from share? acting, Dave you know, hates, hates they're actors, they're like, uh, okay, whatever. So, <laughs> actors aren't talented. Anyway, get a real (laughs) job, actors. Instead of just pretending to be things, why don't you actually be them? Right. Well, I mean, it's obvious it's him playing, right? There's a shot that's like a wide shot of Jeff Goldblum sitting down at the piano, playing the piano. So it's just little touches. Like, he's an enthusiastic guy, a guy who loves life. He really wants to do, like, he's not like, it's not a selfish act. Like, he really wants to better the, he wants to make the world a better place by creating this thing. Did Um, So it makes you, uh, at the beginning, really kind of latch on to his character and it makes the the ending that more effective. I think.
0: Um, did the yeah, this is a random question, but did the line "be afraid, be very afraid" stem from this movie? I, yeah, I yes. wondered about that. Yeah, that yeah. Was, so that wasn't like really? an in joke to other things. Like it came from this movie. Yeah, it was it was suggested
1: it's, by we didn't mention it's a poster, this. Right? the poster, right? The Mel Brooks, the, the Mel Brooks is actually a pro, the producer of this movie. <laughs> right, right. <yeah. laughs> really, so, I didn't so know amazing. that until recently. I listened, I heard Why? him on the. Uh, on the WTF Mark Marin podcast. And he mentioned that he produced, I said, really? Cause it's Brooks films. If you look at Brooks films, ah, I didn't
0: even put the two and two together.
1: Yeah. He, in addition to making spoof movies, he actually produced some, some dramas as well. And this is one of them. Um, and he came up with the. I think he was the one who suge- who suggested that line.
0: But yeah, it. it's just again, it's weird to see where things originate because that's one of those lines that has been adapted by adopted by pop culture mm-hmm. in a way, right. and then like regurgitated and then spit back out again so many times that you. But that I was know like, where. is it
2: a joke? They have this yeah. on the poster, like, like what, be which, afraid. We, we have
0: this thing in movies nowadays, which mm-hmm. I hate. I hate this winking to the audience crap, where it's like people yeah. people will be like, okay, so we have all these superhero movies and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that are hugely popular nowadays, and there will be a scene where a character will mention some name that is apparently big in some comic book, and there will be like twelve nerds in the audience, and like Look, cheer Oh and my glow. god! And it's like they're talking to me, and it's just like just. F that man like <laughs> if you're doing yeah some- man
2: why cater your audience why put easter eggs in it in there why why do any of I, that I, I
0: honestly it really bugs me because it's just like Ivan
2: one day you'll be a part of one of those in jokes and you're gonna love it and then you will understand I, don't, so I hated, don't see the point
0: I, I feel like it's, it's it, it, it serves a purpose that exists beyond the movie mm-hmm. it, it, it serves to like service this meta-narrative mm-hmm. where, like, you're rewarding people for being in on a joke that isn't really a joke to begin with and that crap. Nah, I like
2: me. it. I, you're building a little bit of the universe and it's, you know what? Mm-hmm. There's so much, like, techno babble in movies where they just talk about characters because they have to talk about a character and whatever. And I, I like the fact that they actually are referring to something that mm-hmm. is part of a mythology, but we're getting away. If of we
0: course, cut to Stanley so. one more time and everyone's like, oh, look, it's old Stanley." That Lee. can
1: stop. That definitely can we, stop. We can end yeah. that now. We're done. We, we get it. We get the joke. Yeah, I mean, in the case of this particular line that you're talking about, I think it just, it, it flowed naturally in the scene. I mean, he, it's a scene where Jeff Goldblum is telling this one night stand, like, you know, don't be afraid. And then Gina Davis happens to be coming in the door saying, like, no, be afraid. Be very <laughs> afraid because she is, yeah. you know, she's looked up uh, whatever is wrong. She cuts off the hairs on his back and it turns out they're not human. So she's, you know. And and again, this movie does have like an operatic sense, like feel to it. So it's not like that, that line is out of place. I mean, it's. Let me you know, tell you. Like, there's a lot of over the top kind of. um
0: I th- I honestly think I understand why this would make a good opera. Yeah. It's a tragedy. Mm-hmm. It, it it's a, uh, a small cast, the very score, few locations. And the score is the very score is intense and the, operatic. The
1: score is Howard Shore who um yeah. Who made a, yeah a lord of the like probably most oh. most well known for the yeah, Lord yeah, of the Rings. Yeah, that was very interesting to me. Yeah. It yeah, has the same thing. feel to it. Yeah, very... Silence of the Lambs, which is another great uh uh Howard Shore score. Um Howard yeah. score Howard Shore. I think the Howard right. Shore did a lot of Cronenberg's He's done a lot of Cronenberg's movies.
0: You know Howard Shore's screen name is Howard Score. <laughs> you know Howard Scores. <laughs> like that's his AIM screen name from 1999. It's Howard Score. He's on AIM just so you can keep using that screen name. And no one else is there. I actually
1: saw The Lord of the Rings in concert with Howard Shore. So.
0: Did he make that joke?
1: No, no, but he, well, uh, he probably sure. God, what a missed opportunity that was. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> i'm gonna email him right now
0: <laughs> <laughs> get him on the horn yeah i'm gonna we'll text, we'll
1: text him i'm text him that's one thing that that holds up really i mean it, it, it that doesn't feel dated to me at all i mean the score actually feels uh like appropriate to this movie right i mean it's you know there's a scene where he's just like walking down the street to uh you know he's, he's leaving his apartment he's going to like uh, i think it's before he's going to arm wrestle or something and the score is just like Huge and over the top. I mean, you know, it's think, very, very you know, uh, ostentatious. it's yeah. not a subtle score. By yeah, each, right? and it's and it, but fits I in this movie. It. But you know, in any other situation, if you were to cut, if there would be, be different scenes before and after the scene of him just walking down the street, kind of it's like, just some guy walking down the street like, instead of a man <laughs> on a mission. Right, he's he's a transformed person now. <laughs> yeah whoops sorry oh static sound yeah we're bringing Foley into this production now (laughs) I'm I'm curious to see if you actually where's the basketball where's the basketball where's the basketball man? it's gone yeah speaking of which Mike hasn't done any uh uh, audio clips (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay here we go anyway so wrapping up the podcast (laughs) (laughs) um
0: Mike didn't take his medication let's wrap (laughs) this up (laughs)
1: um
0: Anything else you guys want to touch upon uh, as we kind of start wrapping things up about the fly? Um,
1: the, the, what, what did you guys think of the uh, the, the baby aspect to it? Like the, her being pregnant? Un, unneeded. Unneeded? You didn't think Yeah. So? That I, scene
0: I, of her having like uh, yeah.
1: terrifying. Uh, oh, oh, the uh, the dream where she has that. Okay. Oh. Yeah. I, I wasn't talking about that in particular. I was thinking- Again, that that's another instance where he
0: cuts back to the damn thing. Like, right. Just,
1: right. Right. Like, like oh yeah, and here it is yeah. again. <laughs> so she's pregnant and she's dreaming she's having the baby and it's like this- uh, larva or whatever.
0: Um the the it thematically the pregnancy makes sense because it talks about preservation. It's mm. the idea that Seth Brendel believes right. that he can live on in the genes of something else and right. that's the reason why she shouldn't destroy the baby. Um, so that makes sense and I think it's interesting. I I um, the scene on the rooftop hit, is,
1: hit me a little more this time. I mean, I, I felt it a little more just have, being a father, I guess, and seeing him don't kill my con- baby, you know. It's awfully
0: convenient uh, that he happened to go up at the rooftop at that uh, time. Yeah,
1: you know? it's still, but I mean just the idea that he, you know, that they have to get them together and, and he's going to say, you know, don't kill the last human part of me or whatever. And, yeah. And... Uh, I think for for a, a
2: movie that keeps the stakes or the, the focus so small, I felt like it was in just a distraction, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it brings up an... That is the one other character, right? The uh, the abortion doctor, I guess. Was the, r- and the don't forget there's the one from the bar and that other, they the man- right, the right, right, right? That true. they
0: managed mm-hmm. to find in the middle of the night <laughs> yeah. in his office, fully
2: dressed, no <laughs> oh, less.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. I guess the fear of that
1: trade. If you are the sure. editor of Particle Magazine, you probably know a lot of abortion doctors. <laughs> oh man, Particle <laughs> Magazine, so good. <laughs> yeah, that whole that whole aspect, I just didn't. Yeah, the whole. Ugh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it. I found I guess I found it affecting in the right way for me because. Um, you know, I mean, it, it gave him this last motivation instead of just kind of like dying alone in, in his, in his workspace, he, uh, it gives him something to do with the end where he has to, you know, it's like, I'm not going to let. You know, I want I want this last human part of me to survive. and
2: I mean, that could have been... He could have done the same thing by the fact that he wanted to meld with her. It could have been his preservation that way. You know, I felt like it took the focus off of him and onto the concept of like, oh my God, is she pregnant with a fly baby or not? Mm-hmm. I think
1: it's just better just to keep it on his journey and his struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's one other iconic line from this movie that's actually from the original and that is, help me. And uh, the reason it's iconic from the original is because... Uh, it's at the end you of the alluded movie. Alluded to it last time. The the oil well, it's he says, "Help me, help me, be human," or something like that in this movie. But in the original, uh, it's it's a famous line because uh, the scientist who becomes a fly actually becomes a tiny little fly, and he and and at the end, he's in a spider web about to be eaten by a spider, and he's yelling for someone, "Help me, help me, help me!" As in like.
0: Did not the Simpsons parody that? Probably.
1: I a, believe it, the that Simpsons the, have parodied it everything. I believe they have. But they but, don't even make original plots anymore. When you say it it sounds completely stupid and it is completely. It is stupid when you actually see it in this 50s movie now. I mean when you maybe in 1956 or 7 or whenever it came out it might have seemed really terrifying. But but there's also a little bit of like the shot of this in in this 50s movie version is like I think it's like a like a it look it's like a fl- it's a fly with a human head on it basically, which is weird because th- at the beginning of the movie what happens it's it's a very similar story it's a it's scientist a with a fly for it's in a it's a scientist who's creating a teleportation device in that in that uh, original movie and I think and in the short story is based on and. Uh, it, he becomes a man with a fly head. <laughs> Basically, It's just you know he has a wife and he's he's married. So he's right, okay. And he's uh, in and his you know his wife is bringing him dinner and, she, and he won't let her in. He's got a little fly claw. When she finally sees him and he's got a like a tarp on his head and she and he, he takes it off and screams and and they they cut to like it you know how a, a fly has lots of different. Uh, you know, things, business, the, on his, kaleidoscopic, his kaleidoscopic vision, right? So they, they show this kaleidoscopic view of his wife screaming, and and then he, you know. So that's, that's the character. The character can't talk, so he can't describe what he's going through. All he can do is write notes with his hand that's not a fly claw. And uh, so, you know, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's some similarities, but there's things that he obviously, like, okay, I'm going to let Jeff Goldblum talk for this movie. I'm not going to, like, turn his head into a fly head. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, because it's going to be, you know, tough. <laughs> to have anything uh, without Jeff Goldblum, he talking. will not get his Oscar if he doesn't.
2: Did, did anyone win anything for this movie? Uh, the, uh,
1: special uh, makeup. effects and makeup, makeup, makeup. yeah, makeup. Yeah. <laughs> Which, rightly so, I would say.
0: I would agree, but yeah. you know, whatever. Anyway, to to each, each his, his own. own. So,
1: I would, I would say, uh, don't see the sequel to this uh, '80s version. that's terrible. After <laughs> your rave review, Dave, <laughs> <but> it's <laughs> terrible. It's a terrible, terrible movie. Uh, and maybe do check out if you like. This version of The Fly, and you want to have some time to waste, it'd be it's interesting to check out, you know, original horror movies. I mean, it's uh, Vincent Price is, was a famous actor. He plays, he doesn't play the scientist, he plays the friend of the scientist. So, anyway, yeah. I'm going to recommend this movie highly to anyone who isn't too... I would things. also recommend it. Um, throw it on I the shelf. Yeah. I would. I think this is a, yeah. a
0: quality film, and you just have to get over the fact that it's pretty disgusting at the same time. I think yeah. that if I saw this movie at 12, I think I would have had oh, the most evocative man. nightmares of oh, my entire sure. childhood. Yes. Because yeah, it um, bad. it's weird as a kid how certain images get a grade in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like if I saw some of these imagery oh, yeah. as a kid, I don't know if I would have. I, I don't know if I'd be the same man I am. Today. Mm.
2: I was <laughs> of, <laughs> I was afraid of Judge Doom getting run over by a steamroller in Roger Rabbit. Could oh. you imagine me seeing this? <laughs> I yeah. I
0: um I remember watching Psycho when I was like ten oh, or eleven, no. and um, just the uh, imagery of like him sitting at the end of Psycho. Um, like you know, I wouldn't hurt a fly. Like mm-hmm. that, cre- that creeped me out so much that like I I could not sleep in my own bed for like a week because mm-hmm. I was so terrified. Like yeah. so, um, yeah. This movie is not for the faint of heart, especially mm. younger uh, people. I think that
2: or for the faint of stomach. Yeah, yeah.
0: but uh, it is surprisingly more than that. And I and yeah. I think that's going into it. I had this vision that I was gonna be. Wa- I was not going to be. Uh, engaged beyond that, and I think that I was pleasantly surprised. So thanks for recommending this one. You're I, I, I give this. I give you credit. Um, <laughs> so and I don't do next? that very often. Uh, <laughs> and the next one is Mike. The next film we're doing is Mike's choice. Uh, Mike, what are you doing? What are we doing?
1: Magnolia. You're doing dot com.
0: You're doing PT Anderson's <laughs> Magnolia, his 1999 film. Um, with everybody. With <laughs> everybody. Everyone in. in the world. Um, <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson is a very interesting filmmaker and I think it's going to make it, that movie is going to make an interesting conversation because I think it's a very divisive movie. I think there are people that love it a lot and there are people that think it is slightly masturbatory. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm curious to see what camp you fall into. (laughs) Uh, So uh, if you guys are, uh, it's a lot of fun to follow along with us. So make sure to watch Magnolia in time for next week's podcast, which is, I guess, in two weeks from now. Two weeks, two weeks. Um, So yes, uh, you can find us in the meantime. Be meantime. sure to like us. If you on want more fa- of us, no, 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 I wouldn't Be suggest that. Be sure to that. like us. <laughs> Be sure to like us on Facebook at Facebook.com dot slash reviewed podcast. Like us and in person. Away. Like us in person too. I don't do that. Uh, you can email us at contact at ReviewedPodcast.com or visit us on the internet at ReviewedPodcast.com or and leave us an iTunes review. We'll, uh, listen to us on Stitcher, all that good stuff. Uh, Mike send so us
2: money. You can mail us cash money.
0: Yeah, you know Um, trinkets, apples. Yeah, I'll take
2: anything
1: you want to. Baubles, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Fly vomit.
0: Fly. Yeah, you can keep the body, like your
2: fingernails, <laughs> they're coming off. You could can, can leave them at home. I don't need them. Jars
1: of penises. <laughs> you can definitely keep
2: those at home. Um, Mike, where can we find they you? They can on find there? me at mikemirandy.com or
1: on Twitter at MikeMirandi. David. Uh, Dave Glanz, G-L-A-N-Z on Twitter and uh, daveglanzproductions.com.
0: And you can find me at lucky I write for a website called shortoftheweek.com and I'm on Twitter at, at Ivan Kander. So all that good stuff. Uh, so until next time, we will see you uh, with Magnolia. Deuces. Hello. Hi. Wait. Hello. Hi.
1: You don't have a lot of. There's not a lot of Mike movies here. Yeah. There's uh, the Last Samurai and Groundhog Day are the only two we haven't done. <laughs> Groundhog Day you could um for Groundhog Day you might as well save for Groundhog Day you could just
0: save that for February man
1: <laughs> alright we're gonna do it <laughs> what? like in February I mean not oh. now not, not, <laughs> I not, like not you, doing it now you're like, like fuck yes. you guys alright th- sounds <laughs> good guys we're
2: doing Groundhog Day Mike please reconsider <laughs> nope we're doing it we're doing it guys